Good afternoon. I'd like to welcome you to the Catholic Center this afternoon for this very important announcement regarding the Diocese of Buffalo and the State Attorney General. I'm Joe Martone of the Diocesan Communications Department and I'll serve as host for this afternoon's news conference. I'd like to take a moment to describe the structure of the conference. Presenting this afternoon will be Bishop Michael W. Fisher, the 15th Bishop of Buffalo, and then Melissa Potzler, the Diocesan Child Protection Policy Coordinator. Joining the Bishop and Ms. Potzler is Todd Jeremiah, an attorney with Jones Day. Following statements from Bishop Fisher and Ms. Potzler, we will open the floor up to questions. At this time, I'd like to welcome Bishop Fisher to the lectern. Bishop Fisher. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for joining us this afternoon, and uh, especially on relatively short notice. Um, before we get started, let me be mindful of the truly tragic loss of four young lives yesterday, and especially hold in our hearts their families and friends who must now bear unimaginable grief. Young people make mistakes and do things that put themselves and others in harm's way. Still none of them imagined that their lives would end tragically and abruptly. Let us pray for them and the two individuals who survived. Let us also pray again for those as we hear another tragedy in St. Louis in a school shooting. We continue to confront the evil of gun violence in the callous disregard for human life. We must certainly pray and also do everything that we can to bring an end to these tragedies and what we can only describe as our nation's scourge. So we keep all of these in our prayers. We wanted to take a few moments to discuss with you the resolution of the lawsuit that was brought against the Diocese of Buffalo by New York's Attorney General in November of 2020. We have made the full settlement agreement available to you uh, on our website so that I don't need to go into uh, extensive detail. Let me just say, naturally, we're pleased that this matter has come to a conclusion and in a way that validates the rigorous policies and protocols of the diocese has, that it has put in place over the past 20 years and even more recently to safeguard children and other vulnerable persons and to ensure the safe environments that all have a right to expect. We have provided the Attorney General a great level of detail with respect to our processes for dealing with allegations of abuse the monitoring of those credibly accused and removed from active ministry, and the auditing of our procedures to ensure that there are no gaps and that we adhere to the spirit and the letter, the policies of our policies that are in place. We are strengthening those protocols with a newly appointed child protection policy coordinator, and we welcome Ms. Melissa Potzler who has agreed to take on this important role. Ms. Potzler is a former assistant district attorney 
for Erie County and a former criminal defense attorney, and more recently, the parish life coordinator of Nativity of Our Lord Parish in Orchard Park. She also now serves as the vice chancellor of the diocese, reporting directly to me. Ms. Potzler's responsibilities include overseeing and coordinating the processes by which the diocese complies with all applicable laws and regulations, as well as its own governing policies. In addition, she is responsible for overseeing the priest supervision program for those who have been removed from ministry that we implemented this past uh, June of this year. A fur further measure that we are implementing will be an additional compliance audit to be conducted on an annual basis by an external independent auditor. As mutually agreed with the Attorney General's office and subject to the approval of the U.S. Bankruptcy Court. Dr. Kathleen McChesney has agreed to serve in the role of the independent compliance auditor. She is currently the CEO and principal of Consale Management Consulting and the former executive director of the Office of Child and Youth Protection of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Dr. McChesney is also a former high-ranking FBI official and head of the FBI offices in Chicago and Portland, Oregon. The primary focus of Dr. McChesney will be to ensure that the Diocese of Buffalo complies fully with the commitments outlined in the settlement with the Attorney General's office. An annual report of this additional compliance audit will likewise be published and made available in full on the diocesan website annually. As the compliance auditor, Dr. McChesney will be provided full access, full access to all relevant departments and records and the full cooperation by all diocesan representatives necessary to conduct the audit. I want to note that since 2002, the diocese has annually contracted an external firm to conduct a thorough audit of its policies and protocols as they relate to training, reporting, and ensuring safe environments in accordance with the Charter for the Protection of Children and Young People. As I've said since becoming bishop in January of 2021, it's not what we say, but what we do. Ultimately, it's this that matters and offers us the best, if only, chance to regain the credibility that has been broken or lost. There is, in fact, nothing we can say to ease the long-lasting pain of those who have suffered abuse at the hands of those who presented themselves as ministers of God. Still, I want to express my deepest regret and sorrow for the emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual harm that has been inflicted on so many through no reason or fault of their own. They were completely innocent, and yet 
became prey to those who defiled their vows, betrayed their office, and indeed committed crimes against the most vulnerable. As we now move forward and continue to work through the complicated Chapter 11 process, which necessitates negotiating with the creditors committee comprised of victim survivors, we pledge to be relentless relentless in ensuring that the mistakes of the past cannot be repeated and that there never is a question about our commitment to the safety, well-being, care, and concern for all young people and vulnerable individuals. Whether bishop, priest, deacon, religious person, lay person, employee, or volunteer, all are expected to be beyond reproach and to conduct themselves in a manner that can withstand any scrutiny and which ultimately reveals the love of God himself. Finally, I think it's important to make clear that the Diocese of Buffalo is blessed with so many devoted and faithful priests, true pastors who give of themselves each and every day to serve the spiritual and material needs of their parishioners. So now, at this time, I would like to ask our new Child Protection Policy Coordinator and Chief Compliance Officer, Melissa Potzler, to highlight for us those various aspects of our child protection policies. Melissa. Thank you, Bishop. Sure. Good afternoon, everyone. As Bishop Fisher indicated, I have taken on the new role as Chief Compliance Officer and Child Protection Policy Coordinator for the Diocese. My duties include ensuring that the protocols for a safe environment are followed, providing advice to the Bishop concerning the Diocese's compliance with those protocols and procedures, providing advice to the Bishop on updates or modifications to improve the effectiveness of our procedures, and overseeing the adherence to all policies that are in place to make the diocese and our churches safe for our children, young people, and vulnerable adults. The diocese has worked closely with the Office of the Attorney General and come to this agreement which memorializes the policies and procedures that the diocese has in place to ensure that all children and vulnerable adults remain safe within the Catholic Church of Buffalo. I'd like to highlight some of the key points concerning the diocese policies. The Diocese of Buffalo takes every allegation of sex abuse seriously, and when made known to us, those allegations are in turn immediately shared with the local district attorney's office. When a complaint is received, the identified priest is placed on administrative leave, pending the outcome of an investigation conducted by an independent investigator and a review of the facts and circumstances of the allegation by a board of highly qualified and highly respected members of the community, including experts in child abuse, as well as former prosecutors. The members of this board are not employed by the diocese. If after this investigation, the allegations are found to be substantiated, the accused priest is removed from ministry after having already been placed on administrative leave. And the case is sent to the Vatican, which is responsible for the permanent removal of the accused from the clerical state. 
It is important to note that even while the process is underway, every priest with a substantiated claim who has already been removed from ministry is placed in a monitoring program. This program is coordinated by a retired, retired federal probation officer who performs regular visitations and has full access to any electronic device in the possession of the credibly accused. Restrictions are placed on the activities of the priest, including his daily activities, his travel, and all of his contacts. Credibly accused priests who are non-compliant with the monitoring program face further restrictions. It is also important to note that protocols to protect children, young people, and vulnerable adults have been in place in the Diocese of Buffalo for 20 years. As disturbing as these past wrongs are, and although one case of abuse is one too many, nearly 100% of the cases you hear or read about in the news occurred before the year 2002, prior to these protocols being put in place. Among the protocols that we require are criminal background checks, both federal and local, for every potential employee and volunteer whose role involves interaction with children and young adults. Upon placement, mandatory safe environment training begins and continues throughout the duration of employment or the volunteer appointment. Each employee and volunteer is also required to sign and abide by the diocese code of conduct on an annual basis. Since 2003, the diocese has provided training to 45,825 adults, employees, priests, religious, and volunteers. The training focuses on how to recognize signs of grooming and abuse, how to protect children, young people, and vulnerable adults from instances of sexual abuse, and how to report suspicious behavior. Monthly compliance updates are required for all clergy, lay employees, and volunteers. The students in our Catholic schools and faith formation programs have received age-appropriate learning to elevate their awareness on safe environments and acceptable behavior of adults and those who are responsible for their care. To date, 17,729 kindergarten through 12th grade students have been trained to recognize grooming and potential abuse, as well as how to protect themselves and report threatening situations. With the establishment of the Dallas Charter by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops in 2002, seminarians in formation for the priesthood have been required to undergo psychosexual evaluation to help that we ensure that the church has healthy priests. To reiterate Bishop Fisher's comments, there is zero tolerance for any act of abuse of any kind against a child or other vulnerable person within the Diocese of Buffalo. We believe we have established and will continue to pursue a best practice approach to ensure a safe environment and strict adherence to not only the rigorous policy and protocols that we have in place, but to the level of accountability that all have every reason to expect. We will continue to communicate regularly on these matters and our progress going forward. Thank you. At this time, we can entertain questions from members of the media. Bishop, what's your message to survivors that are just calling the settlement a slap on the wrist? First of all, there is nothing that we can say that can take away their pain. Their, their pain and their anger is legitimate, and I verify that. All I can say is that, you know, since I arrived here, 
I'm about accountability and transparency. And that's what I think today is all about. As we move forward, I want to assure them that what happened to them will never happen again in this diocese. And that we will do all that we can to put those policies and procedures that are in place now and to continue to look at those as we move forward and to hopefully strengthen them, to continue to strengthen them and to uh, uh, continue the best practices so that we're, we're being church and that we're able to, to uh, uh, again, uh, make sure that all that, that, that uh, know that they are safe when they are in our churches and our schools and our, our, our uh, church uh, institutions. Bishop Fisher, um, in the final stipulation order, there is no admission of any wrongdoing on the part of the diocese. Was that something the diocese was looking for in the, in the negotiation with the AG's office and, and why? I think, um, like, like I said, Jay, uh, you know, in, in um, what I saw when I came here, I mean, the first thing that happened when I stepped into the diocese, you're, you're, you're on a lawsuit, right? And right from the beginning, I felt that uh, this is a time for us to look at our procedures and our policies, and again, to make sure that, that, that those things are in place, that uh, we're, we're moving forward with the ability to, to, to follow our processes and, and to make sure that nobody's harmed, uh, that we're monitoring, uh, those who have been credibly accused and taken out of ministry that we're, and that we are also uh, training as well as uh, protecting our children. So, you know, that to me, what was the, pr the high priority of this lawsuit? The compliance audit that's included in this settlement, what's that going to entail exactly and how does it differ from any sort of audit that happened previously and as has been reported, it, didn't really cover what was being looked at. And that's, and I may refer to title on this, but you'll see we we have been doing audits in the diocese from since the charter, and and um, and have been been in compliance, and that so every year we have an audit that takes place, and that will continue. That that audits uh, is looking at our policies. In our procedures, what the um, the independent auditor, uh, compliance auditor, will be looking at is how we are following what we say we will do in the, in the settlement agreement. So I don't know if uh, uh, Todd, if you want I don't to really have much to add to that. That's accurate, Bishop. Thank okay. You. Will that be publicly documented? Will it be put out for a people to see? Absolutely. Uh, after the audit, the, the full audit, audit will be put up on our website, and we will also supply a copy to the Office of, uh, of the Attorney General. So, again, we want to be accountable and transparent. Could you give me a better sense of uh, Ms. Potzler, her role in, compared with some other people that you've had in positions that may have been like that um, in the past, uh, you know, outside law firms that have done some of that work. Can you give me a sense of just what's the same, what's different? Um, with, with this? Yeah. Uh, 
that, and that's a great question. I think, uh, and, and I know uh, Melissa had uh, gone through her responsibilities, but she will be directly responsible to me. You know, and, and she will have oversight and accessibility to all records. Uh, she's, and, and all of our policies, our procedures, she'll be reviewing them and making sure that we're, we're following them. So, uh, you know, any professional uh, um, business or we're, we're, we're a church though, but any professional organization uh, will have risk managers, you know, those that, that in a sense we want them to keep us on task and, and are, are, are able to challenge us in how we're doing things and making sure that those who are responsible in the process are doing their job uh, and following what they're responsible for. So. In some of that work, uh, stuff that was sort of farmed out to uh, law firms in the past that allowed keeping it house. Well, I, I can't speak to what happened before. I can only, again, look at what I want to see in place right now as we move forward. You know, that we have uh, a very competent uh, uh, child protection policy coordinator now who will, will, will is uh, going to be very important to our work in the years ahead. With the settlement being about past leadership in the church, is there any guarantee included that those individuals will not be involved in any uh, clerical, pastoral work within the diocese? Uh, you, you're talking... Rose, Bishop Malone, mm -hmm. their responsibilities are no longer enacted with the district. Is there a guarantee that they will not return in any capacity for uh, pastoral work, any work within the diocese itself, or is that not a part of the settlement or something you couldn't work out if you become Well, again, I can refer to, uh, uh, to, to Todd on this, but um, in regards to Bishop Malone, I mean, both bishops have agreed uh, not to be a part of any nonprofit boards in, in New York. Uh, in terms of their pastoral uh, um, uh, responsibilities, uh, Bishop Malone is a bishop in good standing, you know, so he, his faculty, the faculties of a bishop are, are really controlled by uh, the Holy Father, you know, and are granted by the Holy Father. So he, you know, he continues to be a bishop in good standing, so is able to, to certainly um, exercise uh, pastoral and sacramental uh, ministries. Uh, in terms of uh, Bishop uh, Grosch, uh, as we know, he, uh, because of a CVA uh, case, he has voluntarily stepped out of public uh, uh, ministry at, at this time and until, you know, that, that is resolved. Uh, but I have no control of their, of their, uh, their, their, their faculties. Um, so, uh, okay. could, you, could you provide a little bit better update on where Bishop Grosh's case stands? I mean, in, in, in other cases, you've addressed through the review board, um, you know, those, those mm -hmm. cases and some priests have been restored to full faculties, even if they have an outstanding CBA case. What's an update for, for Bishop Roche? Well, again, bishops are 
uh, under the VOS Estes uh, process that was uh, implemented uh, a few years ago by the Holy Father. And uh, basically the, the uh, metropolitan of a region, which is uh, Cardinal Dolan, it's in his hands in how the case moves forward and, and, and where that, that's at. So uh, as far as I know, that has not um, moved forward yet. So until then, you know, as I said, he has voluntarily uh, agreed to to not engage in, in public ministry. In, in many cases, um, the Attorney General's office uh, will seek um, monetary uh, damages, if you will, from entities that it sues. Uh, did they seek that? Um, that's the diocese and more of those negotiations. Yeah, Jay, there was no, no uh, claim for monetary relief as against the diocese. Um, and the, the individual defendants, the bishops, were separately represented by counsel, a former attorney general who, who negotiated independently with the attorney general. But, but there was no claim for, for monetary relief as against the diocese in this complaint. That uh, concludes the formal questioning. We can break off, and if you guys want to do one-on-ones uh, with the bishop, Melissa, or or Todd. Thanks so much for coming today. We appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs>